Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hello and Adieu. Bonjour. Mathis is French today, and I am also French, and we are connected in a very specific way, and you will hear at the beginning of our show. I'm going to leave in what we... um, me, what me and Mathis usually do when we start an episode is we count down so that we can get our audios um, lined yeah. up. And then we, at the end of, uh, after one, we say a word. And me and Mathis were so connected, and you'll see. So I'll leave it in <laughs> so you guys can. It's so funny. It's just listening to the, the surprise on her voice. Um, but anyways, it was an awesome episode. Mathis is going to tell you all about it. Go. Yeah. Oh. So we talked about uh, we talked about a bunch of entertainment stuff. There's just a lot going on this week. I saw Don't Think Twice, Mike Birbiglia's new film. John saw Suicide Squad and liked it. <laughs> you guys are going to listen to this, and you're going to see why that makes me so mad. Continue, Mathis. Uh, uh, <laughs> we talked about the Dunkirk teaser coming out. We talked about Catherine Bigelow's new film. Got a bunch of... Katie Biggs. Got a bunch of... Uh, Katie Biggs. I've never Wouldn't said that be before Kathy in my Biggs? life. I've never said that before in my life. We Keep can going. start calling her Kathy Biggs. Okay. Hopefully, this podcast doesn't become so famous That'd she hears so- that. Oh God, she's not even a big person. Keep going. Um. Yes, yeah, so we talked a little bit about her new film, which we're both really excited about. Mm-hmm. We we started a new segment where we're doing uh we're watching a movie a week and then we're talking about it on the on the episode. Yes. So we did Rear Window this week. Yes. So you can hear Alfred us talk Hitch- about Rear Window, which neither of us had seen before. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Look forward uh look forward to hearing all the entertainment things. Oh yeah. Well, I guess you can, you know, email <laughs> us or hit us up on Twitter. You can send John, us suggestions. Do not say I guess you can do that. I guess you can do that, guys. Um, no, you can send us movie can. suggestions. We want your suggestions of movies to watch, to bring back, to talk yep. about. Um, at hello and adieu at gmail.com, H E L L O A N D A D I U at gmail.com, or hello and adieu yes. on Twitter. And yes. I think that's all I got. iTunes. That's a, and that's all. Oh, yeah. You can rate, subscribe, and um, review on iTunes if you want to help us out and help people find us. <laughs> Don't say if you want to. Oh, say do uh, it. Do it. <laughs> Kathy Biggs do it. would do it. <laughs> Sorry, Kathy, Kathy Biggs. Biggs. Um, oh hope you God. guys enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy the episode, guys. Ready? Yeah. Three. Three. Two. two one. Water, water bottle. <gasps> We've never gotten that close before. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. <gasps> wow. Did we just become best friends? Oh my god, I was just about to say that. <gasps> I wish I would have said it at the same time. Oh my god! Oh my goodness! I was wow. literally just about to say, "Do we just become best friends?" And Ooh. oh my goodness! Maybe We're I should off. just maybe I should just start the episode with that. Like after the intro, I'll just play that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, how are you? 
I'm good, Mathis. How are you? I'm doing really well. Doing really well over here. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. The Olympics are going on. <laughs> are they? I didn't know. That's a joke. I do know. I'm actually watching them. What have you watched, and what do you like to watch from the summer? Um, I like to watch swimming, diving, um, gymnastics. What are the other ones? I had other What's... ones. Oh, beach volleyball. I don't know why, but I love beach volleyball. I could watch tennis if need be. What um, is it about swimming that is interesting to you? I don't know. I think it's because of it's always like there's always something on the line with swimming. There's always like someone working for like a certain amount of medals or something. I don't know. It's just it's very intense. When's the last time that Michael Phelps was actually at the Olympics? Um, he's been like the last four. He wasn't at this one though, right? He's there now. Yep. Oh my god. He's been doing it since he was really? fifteen. Yeah. At the, he's been at the Olympics since he was fifteen. I believe so. I think that's what the little history thing said about him. That is not normal. I know. But it's fun. I don't know. I, I'm not into sports. Like, I don't watch sports. You know, you so. keep saying this, but I think you're a closeted sports guy. You know, I'm actually not. But well, you, like, you like the Indy 500 and you like the Olympics. Wow. Yeah. You're right. Wow. Do you, I'm... do you watch the World Cup? No. Do you watch the Tour de France? No. Do you watch the Super Bowl? I do, I guess. Yeah. Aha! I'm right. <laughs> i think what it is is i like things that have something on the line like i can't watch the full season because it's like oh it's just one more game but i well, think like if there's like one game and like at the end someone's like the ultimate winner i like those types of things that's why uh, a lot of screenwriters say you can learn a lot about screenwriting from watching football because there's always a lot on the line like and the way that the game progresses it's a lot like the way that a film progresses perfect so I that guess. makes you should stop, start watching more football. <laughs> I'm okay. Thank you. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually, I did go to two uh, baseball games, though, th- in this past you week. You are a closeted sports guy. I know. This is not going to help my this cause. This is not helping your case, no. So I went up to Milwaukee for a Brewers game because my right. friend's company was having, like, a party. Right. Or they're, like, I don't know, some type of party. So we went up there, and that was fun. And then we had gotten Cubs tickets months ago when they were doing really well. Uh, me and my family got them. And so we went there on uh, Wednesday. And we had to leave early because we had to catch the bus before everyone got on. And then they came back to win it. So, Oh. So they were losing and then they, they won? Yep. They were losing like four to two. And then they came back. And on the bus they were like, they're up again. <laughs> Run for the Cubs. And we're like, cool. Uh, I'm going to be going to a, a Dodgers game later this month that I just remembered. Oh my, have you ever been to a baseball game? I went, I went when oh, I was. Oh, you went with me? Yeah, the last time I went was with you to a Brewers game, and then the time I before that. I literally forget that we did that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun, actually. I like going to baseball games. Yeah. Uh, But the time before that, I was in, not second, uh, fifth grade, and I went to a Royals game when I was in Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, so this will be my third ever baseball game. I'm That's amazing. I'm so excited for you. Me too, actually. I'm I'm looking oh, forward good. to going to the Do you have like a Dodgers cap? Uh not yet. Do you think oh, I should get, get on. one? I think you need some type of garb. You do you think I can put this hair in a hat and it be okay? Yes. Yeah. 
It's full of secrets. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, in that case, I need a hat. You do need a hat. My secrets will just run away from my hair. Do you think I look like Steve from Stranger Things? Which one's Steve? Steve's the boyfriend. No. Thank you. <laughs> Who's been telling you you look like Steve? <laughs> four people have told me that. Like four separate people have come four up to you? Four separate people have not come up I'm gonna to me. I'm going to be honest. You look nothing like Steve. Wow, I'm really surprised. I thought you were maybe the hair. Like... I bet it's the hair that they're because the '80s he had very high, like swoopy hair. Yeah, he does have he has hair like that's I the do. only thing. But you guys don't have the same skin tone, same facial structure. Okay, I'm just making sure. I can trust you. You can. <laughs> I, can't I would trust tell you, you with the secrets in my hair. That's but other true. than that, I can trust you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm going to that Dodgers game. I my past week. Since you talked about your week, I'm just going to... Yeah, Mathis, how was your week? I had a super busy week, but uh, last Sunday, something really awesome that I was able to do was I saw Don't Think Twice, which is Mike Birbigula, his his second feature film that he has written and directed. Um, Mike Birbigula is my favorite comedian. He's he's a a brilliant director, and he's a, a brilliant comedian. So I was super I was super pumped to go see the movie and what got me there even more so was that Mike was actually at the screening answering questions afterwards which was great because it was like really informative but also since he's a comedian it was really entertaining for him to be answering questions you know because he's just making all these jokes the whole time and you would have really appreciated it because he would make jokes about really terrible things and then people wouldn't laugh and then I was like I'd be giggling, and my friend who was there with me was giggling, and he'd be like, "You guys are allowed to laugh at that. I'm not being serious, you know." Like it That's was so awkward, though, that people were that serious. Yeah, it was. It was weird. <laughs> I, think, I think you would think that people, people make... coming to his show would be a little more, you know, laughable. Well, yeah, and for the most part, most people at this screening were like me, like they were big. Brigula fans and you know they I could tell by the questions they were asking and the way that they were laughing during the movie that they've been following his career and they're really into the stuff that he does but um, I, if it's playing near you and anybody who's listening if it's playing near you don't think twice it is a it is a really good movie don't it's, think twice about it go <laughs> exactly am I right am I right he said am that I if, right? if they ever make a sequel he's gonna call it don't think thrice thrice the squeakquel Oh, I was fine until the subtitle. <laughs> you know what that's from, right? Alvin and the I Shipmunks? sure do. I do. Yep. Okay, just making sure. Don't think thrice. The squeakquel. The squeakquel. I bet that got a huge laugh. It did. It did. Quick thought before we move on. It's a it's a great ensemble piece. It's it's like um, for anybody who doesn't know what the movie's about, it's about this this improv group in New York and. It's sort of about how all of their personal lives start changing, and it just pulls them all in these different directions. And it's really profound because it's um, because a, a huge theme in it, in it is that something can be beautiful and wonderful and still end, and sometimes those things have to end too. It's really beautiful in that way, and it's really well written. Like like I was saying, it's an ensemble piece, and all of the characters have arcs throughout it, which is a really you know, that, like that's the sign of master writing to be able to show all these characters changing in a really believable and not rushed way. You know what I mean? But that's just my my two cents on it. I think that 
people should really go see it if it's playing near them. If they like comedies, if they like indies, if they like movies, basically, they should they should just go see <laughs> if it. If you like any type of movie. It's awesome that you have those types of opportunities to go to those types of events. Oh, yeah. So we definitely I mean, don't have those here, and you seem to have one like every other Tuesday. I could go every day if I had the time and the money. Like they're they're constantly happening around here. Are they which expensive? Is really cool. No, I mean that was like a fifteen dollar ticket as much as oh movies are out here. And it's, then you get your raisinets, your popcorn, <laughs> your sprite, and then you take out a loan. Yeah, right. I I understand. Good transition coming up. Oh, Mike Berbigula. Did you see he was he was kind of trash tweeting Suicide Squad because he was he was like. How does that movie get a PG thirteen and I got an R? Oh, burn! He, he was like, "So what you're telling me is that these villainous, terrible people are are assaulting, mass assaulting people, and there's massive violence, and that gets a PG thirteen, and a character smokes pot in my movie, and I get an R. Okay, cool, thanks. I mean, to be fair, Suicide Squad though is not that. I mean, it's violent, but it's you know, superhero violent. It's not, it's definitely a PG 13 movie. I wish it was more of an R movie. Yeah. But, um, and speaking of which I haven't seen it, it's getting obliterated by audiences and critics. Obliterated. And to make this conversation one worth having, John actually likes suicide squad. So we're going to talk about, see, you're making it seem like on. I thought it was the best movie of all time. You liked it. That's all I, I said. I enjoyed it. Yes, I thought it was fun. Because I think that's what... Actually, I don't think that's what they were going for. I think they really wanted <laughs> it to be like a masterpiece, and it wasn't. What they should have done is gone in just trying to have it be fun, because that's what it was. Well, I mean, it wasn't even fun to start with. Remember the reshoots? I think that the reshoots were... That's true. Were one to make it more fun, of, yeah. One and because I, of that trailer, and two because of what happened with Batman versus Superman. I think they were like, um, this thing only has fun. That's what. So we need to get more fun. And I was looking throughout, trying to think, like, I wonder what they reshot. And I was like, this is not more fun. So I don't know if they cut <laughs> stuff out or like. But I wouldn't have called this more fun. Did you see that the the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer? The people who made that trailer. I love that trailer. I know you didn't really like the trailers, but I love that trailer. The people who cut that trailer cut the film. Oh. Because they I were mean, like, it makes make sense that the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's it's getting it's getting crushed. Um, it's people are walking out of the theaters. My buddy who works at a theater said a bunch of people were See, asking for I refunds of so I think that's so dramatic. I think that is so so dramatic. Because it's not well, a bad enough movie that people would walk out of. I think the only reason people are walking out is because... It's a it's franchise de- movie. That's yes, why. and they expect so much. And yeah. then, you know, it doesn't meet their high level of expectation. And so they obliterate it. And I think I think you're right. But then on the opposite end of the aisle of, like, people are overreacting. Is this whole, like, petition against Rotten Tomatoes right. is also, like... Okay, well, it's just because you're a fanboy and somebody is stomping all over your franchise. It doesn't it doesn't mean that Rotten Tomatoes is hating on them. It just means they can't get their ducks in in a row at DC. Like they just That's true. Generally, I mean, you know, generally critics don't like it. That's just the fact, you know? Like they don't think that it's good. Well, and that's not Rotten Tomatoes' fault. I mean, it's all these critics that have put their reviews in that they get the score. It's not like Rotten Tomatoes is like overruled. 
yeah, everyone exactly. said it was 80 percent, and we're giving it a 30 it's like exactly. this is the collective um view you, of the film so do you know who owns rotten tomatoes no but i cannot wait to hear warner brothers oh which makes this whole petition high this is scandalous <laughs> I wonder if they put out word for people to hate on it. No, what are you talking? Why would they do that? It's their company. Right, but it got a low score on their company's website. So if they get people, oh, I see what you're saying, because they want to shut it down. Exactly. It's like, well, actually, Warner Brothers has a really profitable site site on their hands. They're not going to shut that down. And those those are just the hard facts. Like, the movie got crushed on their site. And it's their movie, and that's just like, yeah, sorry. Honestly, I don't think the critics were fair to it. I think, and don't get mad at me, but I think that they are like you, you in a sense that they they wanted to hate on it. Well, they wanted to hate on it because it's DC, which I know you will argue with me that you don't hate DC, but there's definitely a part of people that like when it comes to DC films, they want to hate it, and so they find reasons to hate it. And there was a lot of reasons to hate it. I will give you that. But I do not think they were fair. I don't think they were fair. In my defense, I have seen half of Green Lantern. I've seen Man (laughs) of Steel. And I've seen Batman vs. Superman. I know. But you also know that you you do have a little... I don't know how to say it. (laughs) But you don't like DC that much. (laughs) But Superman is my favorite character. Right. But when it comes to DC films, Mathis is not the biggest fan. That's because they're just proving that they don't know what they're doing but that goes on to all the future films like you don't want to see any of them <laughs> because it's dc <laughs> I films wanna, i want to see justice league <laughs> i know i know yeah i'm proving you wrong no but you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> i know you do you uh, have a little bias against dc films so because you don't even want to see suicide squad no I, and i won't see which it. i think is dramatic yeah, but I, it's it's my choice. I think I've about said dramatic eight times already. In. You know, I know, like, but I feel like if it was, I'm not interested in it. If it wasn't even involved in DC films, you would at least be, you would at least go see it, whether or not. Mm. But because it's DC, you're putting your foot down, and you're saying no. I'm yeah, not but gonna go. <laughs> the trailers didn't impress me at all. I was like, this looks really milky, just like really milk toasty. Nothing going on here. Nothing it was milk toasty. Before. Who doesn't like milk toast? I don't like. Everyone milk. raises their hand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't drink milk either. So. Yeah. So we don't like milk or, toast or bread usually. So that's not my movie. <laughs> You're right. Maybe it's not. And um, the statistics for like the drop in the the box office was forty one percent from the opening night we'll see what it does this weekend well we should know by tomorrow but i'm wondering if this movie does terribly it's not going to affect wonder woman i don't think it's not going to affect justice league i don't think but after that like do they scrap some movies do they like uh let's see how those two movies do or do they like postpone some movies you know what i mean because do they have others planned do they have the sequel dated already for i mean have they come out and said like suicide squad no and what about like solo movies with any of these people? No, there's some solo movies. Um, I think that they have slated, but I oh. I feel like they might start moving things around or canceling things. Like, no, I think that I, mean? I think a sequel would be much better than the first, only because with this one they had to you know do all the character development for this huge squad of people, and I think that took up a lot of time. And I think if they didn't have to like waste all that time doing that, 
that it could be a really more fun movie and more adventurous and a second sequel. Was the Batman stuff cool? Um, he was not really in it. Do you want me to tell you when he was in it? Um, it's not really a spoiler. Yeah, then then I don't. I the don't only care. time I'm about the Batman was ever in any scenes was when they were doing flashbacks of like when they were all arrested. Oh, so like he was not in like the main story of Suicide Squad. Okay. It's all in flashbacks. There is another DC person in Justice League that makes an appearance, though. I heard, but and I won't spoil it for you out there. Well, yeah, I'm not going to say anything about it because I heard who it is, but people were bashing on that as well. People Why? were like, oh, we hate this guy. Like, <gasps> See, that's how you know people have to stick up their butt about they, DC they do, films. But, but I'm not going to do that. Like, I'm not, I'm not that extreme. I know I, you're not. I like that character. I think that character is on a good role. I think it's going to be different, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for what he's going to do. When you're ready, come and get it. Nah, 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 nah. Oh, Selena. <laughs> um, I got the new Harry Potter book this week because it came you, out. You know what's funny about the the new Harry Potter book is that I was like, "Oh, it's it's the play," and people were like, "No, it's not the play. It's a new book." And I was like, <laughs> "It's definitely I, the play." Yeah, exactly. I opened that book and I was like, "Son of a bitch! This is the mm-hmm. this is the the playwright. This is l- literally the screenplay." You obviously talked to someone who did not even really know what they were getting themselves into because when no, they announced they it, they didn't. said, "This is the play." Right. That's this what is I the thought. script for the play. This is not a novel. <laughs> It's a new That's story, but scripted as a play. And I actually but, like the read better because I'm almost done with it. Oh, well, honestly, I think that they should release it again as a book book. Like they should have, JK should have hired somebody to novelize it because. Why? It's more fun to read a book than it is to read a play. I highly disagree, especially when it comes what to What are you book. saying? If it were well, more fun to read you. a play, then people yes, would only because release here's the thing: if you. No, because if you've read the Harry Potter series, you do not need all these details about, you know, what Hogwarts looks like, what, you know, Platform 9 and 3 quarters looks like. And so when you read this book, like all details are foregone because you already know the environment, you know, the people, and they just strictly go do to uh, write down the story. And that's what I like about it. It's quicker. I feel like I still see all the environments because I already know what they look like. It doesn't matter that you know what it looks like. It's fun to go back to a world that you know. You're still going back to a world, you know, yeah, with the same but characters. I'm not saying you need to make it an epically long book like the Harry Potter books are, but you could you could kind of novelize it and, you know, you could be like, and we're back at Hogwarts. You know what it looks like. Here's what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, I just... It, I think it would be a waste to put it in novel form. And it's just, I, I think it's not the medium that she wrote it for, though. And well, that's the thing, she too. She doesn't have to write the book. Who else? She would not allow that. She would not allow someone else to write a Harry Potter book. She allowed other people to write the screenplays. Why can't she do it in reverse? It's just not the same. <laughs> <laughs> she really has done everything for Harry Potter now because she's written yeah. books, plays, and she wrote the new movie. So it's like, wow. And I'm so written... excited for Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Me too. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be great. I feel um, like we say that like every other episode. Like Fantastic Beasts is gonna be great. Oh really? Uh, I don't think we've talked yeah. about it in a while, so I think we're okay. But the new story is actually it's really fun. The new Harry Potter. St- I wish I could see it on the stage because I don't know yeah, how they would, would cool. do some of this stuff. Because there's like magic in the book. Um, there's a lot of like time stuff, like, and so I don't know how they dealt with that. Mm. And so it'd be it would be yeah, cool would, to see it. It would be totally cool. You think it'll leave like London and travel at all or? I'm it I mean it's very popular so I would not be surprised if it did. 
Did you see uh, Max Landis's tweets about the book? Uh-uh. I don't think so. <laughs> he did, like, several, like, tweets one after the other. And it was like, wait, what? There's a new Harry Potter book? Nobody told me? Heavy breathing. Oh, my God. I'm going to the store. Like, it was so... <laughs> like, it was so be. funny. He's probably yeah. going to be disappointed when he realizes it's a play. <laughs> like most <Exactly>. people. <laughs> That, see, people... that's what I'm saying, because people were like, it's a play, and people would have loved to read the novel version of that story. Well, of course they would have loved to read a novel version, but I think this one's just as good. Right. Even though one of my friends did say that it is kind of written like fan fiction, which I do understand. <laughs> I mean, that's it already, it. it's kind of like The Force Awakens. Like, you can't get away from the feeling of fan fiction. It's like, yeah. it's like Harry Potter, but they're old now, and they have children. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, go back to your, you know, your home and keep writing your fan fiction and publish it on forums. It's like, good job, good job. Kate. I I like it. I'm I'm sure a lot of other Harry Potter people like it too. I doubt anyone's really against the fact that it's a play. I mean, eh, I think. And she said she's done with the Harry Potter writing stuff about him. So, how much is he actually in the play? He's. I mean, he's in it quite a bit. Um, it ma- mainly deals with um his son, Albus, and mm-hmm. then Draco's son. Scorpius. Why? You think they would have gone in a different you just have direction to read, with that? Well, read the book, or I'm sorry, read the script. <laughs> the, the script. No, not the book. Unfortunately, because <laughs> it's the not book. a book. Because she didn't yeah. write it as a novel. It'd be fun to go see it. I, I would It'd have. It'd be a I lot could. of fun. I feel like it's not totally for me, but I would. I feel like I'd still have a good time. You know, because there's probably so. a lot in there that you can't fully appreciate if you've only seen the movies. You know. Yeah. Like, you know the characters so much better than I do. Right. I have, like, the surface of the characters. Well, yeah, there's usually a different level of fandom if you've read both or seen and read both. But if you've consumed everything. Right. Um, Other movie news. I did not uh, suspect the Dunkirk teaser. Like, that came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, as soon as I got out of work the day it came out, I was watching it. It's so good. Yeah, I saw that it was released, and then I didn't watch it, but then I saw it. I went to see Suicide Squad on Thursday right. night, so like the night it was released, and then I saw it on the big screen. And Which, I was like looking for Harry Styles. <laughs> I was like, Harry, where are you? I know, right? Um, and I was talking about that with um, with a friend, because there, Nolan could have totally used the star status of that movie, like Tom Hardy's shot, Harry Styles' shot, and people would have been like, oh, but he didn't, you know? Because... And it was such a it was such an intentional choice. Like I just want you to feel this world right now, and then the and you can ends. feel it's powerful. You, you yeah exactly. My and heart was like no are, thank you. Yeah exactly. The aesthetics were amazing. Like the, yeah, the like I don't even know how to describe it. The the wetness of it and the color of it. It was well and like the foam like on the water. It's just like very uncomfortable. It's like yeah, it was perfect i do think that shot of the guy walking out into the ocean is tom hardy like dropping the helmet and the gear that looks like oh. Tom Hardy. the last shot in the trailer is so powerful though like for people that haven't seen it the last shot is like this group of like 50 people i don't know if they're on a boat or like a dock they're on they're on one of the they're on one of those ships that basically they went up on norway with i don't remember what they're called but you know they normandy? just loaded those hundreds of people's in yeah normandy right he said Norway. Oh, my bad. I, I thought Normandy and said Norway, but Similar. you know, if if you've seen for anybody who doesn't hasn't seen the trailer, if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, it's it's those those little ships in the beginning, yeah. those little boats with all of the soldiers on them. 
but you hear then like a plane coming and you see the one guy he looks and then um and then another know, guy, like three or four people look guy. and then you yeah. just see like fear on their face like this plane's coming for us and then everyone turns and they're all trying to duck and it's very intense and then the but trailer was... ends and it's it's so powerful like yeah it's so good because it like the trailer swells and then it just cuts there and the camera is like dollying slowly over them and it just leaves you in that moment and you are there with them like the intensity is so how do you think they do that do, how, do they block it out with like literally every person they're like you turn here or are they shouting out like okay group one turn group two turn and then they kind of just do you know how they do that type of stuff because there's like 50 or so people it's and, like, it's usually ha- shouting at them hey jeff tarn (laughs) i hope it's good well honestly nolan is he's such a brilliant filmmaker and if his concepts were more simple his movies would be perfect so i think this movie is going to be great and honestly i would i would even argue that all of the movies he's made are really really well done but sometimes they are a little too abstract that people people don't want to think during movies a lot of times and with his movies you have to think a little harder. And so I think that's where he gets his criticisms, especially with like Interstellar, because I love Interstellar. And a lot of people too, don't like it, but it, it just gets is, too heady is the problem. Like, right. You're like, whoa, you just, just make it. It's not for complicating everyone. It? But people said it was a bad film, and I don't think it was a bad film. I just no, don't it's think not it's not everyone's cup of tea. And, and what I was say. talking about with a coworker was you don't have to like some of his movies. But you you have to admit that he's an incredible filmmaker. Like as far as new generation of filmmakers go, other than JJ and Nolan, there's like there are no faces of Hollywood that are That's like true. the new Spielbergs of the day. Like those are the two guys. And there's a Tarantino? reason why. No, <laughs> <laughs> he's recognizable. He's definitely recognizable. Yeah, but just you know that like mainstream hollywood but also just incredibly high art form like nolan is at the at the top of the list that's next summer there's a lot coming out next summer there is but i think we say that every summer that's true but this summer there weren't that many we talked about that last time well there there weren't many good things i guess that's true there were a lot but just not and even good things there weren't any memorable memorable things not rememberable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rememberable there were no rememberable things like that's true sadly even civil war probably won't be very rememberable damn it i did it again <laughs> i was like wow. I, I think it's because i said it as a joke too many times and <laughs> then it stuck i don't think civil war will be very memorable honestly good take too <laughs> thank you thank you're welcome you. i think it uh, you're right i mean and it, it was is really good, you do forget but, that it came out but yeah you're like oh yeah that was a thing oh yeah Casting slash new movie news slash excitement. Catherine Bigelow finally has another project coming out. And yes. And the yes. casting has been. <laughs> yes. Where me and John are both really big Catherine Bigelow fans. Maybe uh, go into like what she has done before. Yeah. So Catherine Bigelow's the best. She's done Point Break. That's all you is... need to know. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> She's done Point Break, which is a great action movie from the 90s. Like, one of the best 90s films. Not the remake done. that I actually watched on the plane. To, did you um, finish it? I did finish it. You're you're pretty good about not stopping movies. See, that's why I think it's always dramatic that people walk out of theaters. To me, I'm like, why don't you just finish it? <laughs> me um, me and John almost walked out of Transformers 4, mind you. We talked Mathis about did it. remind me of that because yeah. I was like, 
I think it's so dramatic that anyone would walk out. And then he's like, remember Transformers 4? And I was like, oh, I understand now. We were we were literally having a dialogue during the movie. Like, should we stay or should we go? I, and then that was we... good. <laughs> um, I, th- I think I remember the one part that got me is when they were like in China. I say uh-huh. in quotes. And I remember in the background, I saw the Chicago skyline. And I'm like, how do they miss that? <laughs> like, clearly they just like do well, not care. And I was they... like, we need to leave. They were even, <laughs> they were even in China to film the movie though. So it's like, did you just and think they you were like sneak a on Chicago a barge? And it's like you couldn't find one barge in China. Oh my god, we talked. Yeah. We almost left many times, but we were but with a group of people and we were being respectful. The so other Catherine Bigelow films. Oh yes. <laughs> in recent years, the other the two big ones are The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, which are both fantastic movies. Very good. Um. So, Which you wouldn't honestly think that um, a woman would, could direct something so military-based, in my opinion. Like, you wouldn't expect those types of movies to come from uh, a woman. And I think it's amazing. You wouldn't, yeah. And not only is it a woman making war films, and it's like, that's cool, but they are they are some two of the most raw war films. Like, so real to life. And, yeah. like especially the hurt locker in the sense of like PTSD, like people have said that is perfect. That is the perfect explanation. And even just the complexity of Jeremy Renner, like wanting to continue continuously, like go back to war. Like it's so real. It's so true to uh, a lot of soldiers. And it's just, it's really amazing that she can speak. She can speak on those, those levels, you know, but Her new film is an ensemble piece, which is exciting. And so far, like the casting... It's Suicide Squad 2. John. We'll just let that sit for a moment. No, we're not going to let that sit. <laughs> As I high-five myself. Yeah, that was a terrible joke. It was. Um. So, so far she's casted uh, Hannah Murray is one. Hannah Murray's the wildling that's with Sam and... Gilly. Gilly, that's it. With Sam and... Uh, in game of thrones game of thrones like, where is that title <laughs> so gilly's in it uh anthony mackie who she worked with in the hurt locker was just casted in it will and he's Poulter. also in the avengers if people don't know who anthony mackie is yep that is correct he's the falcon uh will Poulter, crazy eyes kid from uh the revenant who is a oh yeah who's he's a also in actor. where the millers he and is. Yeah. um chronicles of narnia voyage of the dawn dreader <laughs> Oh, that's right. He played Eustace. Eustace. Yeah. And uh, John Boyega, who is... I know. Oh, my God. How dare you have that reaction to John Boyega? I'm over John Boyega already. I'm I'm kind of over him already. I am. I know. Just keep going on. Just keep going. Oh, my goodness. For anyone who doesn't know, John Boyega is the... uh, Finn. 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 And And Star Wars. The Force Awakens. John Boyega has not done enough... For you to be over him. What are here's you even the thing. talking about? Well, here's the thing. I watch a lot of talk shows, and I saw him on so many talk shows, and he was so one-dimensional. I'm sorry. I, I, John, you did it to yourself. I do it to myself. I know. But that doesn't change the fact that he's <laughs> that very one-dimensional. the fact that that's where I am. <laughs> he's such a good actor. He has so much he charisma is. in Star Wars. I'm sure that my view will change. I think there was just a lot of Star Wars stuff. He was on a lot of talk shows. I felt like I heard him say the same thing over and over again. I'm actually exci- I, I guess I am excited to see him in something different because he's only done one movie and it was Star Wars. Well, he's done Attack of the Block, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard it's great. That's how he was discovered for Star Wars. 
Well, I've seen him in one thing, and that was Star Wars. The Force Apparently, uh, Attack of the Block is a very... Um, what's his name? Oh, my goodness. Uh, um, Zach Braff. Um, no, 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 don't um, don't give me other John names. Goodman. Um, no, uh, the Shaun of the Dead director. Oh, Edgar Wright? Yeah, apparently Attack of the Block is a very Edgar Wright-esque movie. How did I oh. forget that? I was like, Joe Wright? Sometimes Stephen like the- Wright? <laughs> Bill White. Sometimes the names you know the most, like they get lost because you're like, I know these people, but then yeah, you think it's too like much. the Game of Thrones thing. Like I don't know where that went, but it was gone for a second. It was gone. So, so I saw the news this week about all the casting, and I was like, this is yeah. so great. And then I saw she was working with the screenwriter for uh, Zero Dark Thirty, and I believe he did the Hurt Locker, and I was like, awesome. And then I I read the premise. Do you know what the premise is? I do. I was going to say, we should probably tell them what the movie's about. Right, yeah. So then I read the premise, and I saw that it was about the Detroit riots, and I was like, okay. That's a huge moment in history, and I don't know anything about it, right? So I look it up. Right, I don't either. Did you look it up to see what the Detroit riots I did not. Were no. When was it? Do you know? Um, tell me all about it. Give me the history. I think it Oops. Oh, my goodness. What was it? The summer of... Uh, 1780. Oh. oh. Later than I expected. I think it's the 70s. Okay. Yeah. I'll look it up while I talk, but I, I believe it's the 70s. Uh, t- so it took place in Detroit, obviously. And um, it was it was like five days in the middle of in the middle of one of their summers. What happened? Here we go. 1967. So it's in the summer of 1967. And basically, these police showed up at this bar and they arrested everybody in there. Like, there were 70 people in there, and they arrested them without any reason. And here's the zinger. Everybody was black. (gasps) Yeah. They arrested 70, I think, black people in this bar. And uh, word spread throughout the city, and these massive, intense riots started. Like, they are considered the most violent riots to ever happen in American history. They were very Mm. violent, yeah. I'm so I'm so split about this movie because I think that this is a a really compelling and powerful movie to make, but I just I don't like that it's being made right now because yeah, I feel it's a like little, it's time so, is a bit raw. Yeah, it's such a it's such a raw wound, like to just be like, hey, remember this? Like, <laughs> remember when police arrested seventy black people? Yeah, and. And I'm I'm not saying that that wasn't a racist moment. That was a very racist moment, a very terrible, terrible thing that happened. But by making it now, it draws connections to nowadays. And it's saying, see, this is still like police are terrible people. And I just well, I hope there's more depth to it. And hopefully right. there's like and I trust a, Catherine. I, I really do. I just don't God want bless her. Catherine. <laughs> yeah. Kathy, don't let me down. Cat. I just well, she was to married be... to James Cameron. James james cameron at one point so you know john we all make mistakes it's okay everybody makes mistakes everybody, everybody has, has those, those days. days everybody knows what what i'm talking about everybody gets that way okay oh, continue. yes <laughs> we had the whole chorus um but because it's Catherine bigelow i do have some hope and i was talking to anna about it and she said hey anna hey anna she said something that really just was right on the money she was like, this movie could have been in development for a really long time or mm. 
uh, for, you know, like a number of reasons this movie could not have been made yet. And then shit like this happens and these movies become popular and they become demanded. Like she, her, she's the perfect example. She was like, there's a reason why birth of a nation was the most popular movie at Sundance this year. It's unfortunately, this is how things happen. And I think that's the perfect point. I bet she's right on the money there. Yeah. It's, it's sadly the point because I think that if, if this movie was made in 30 years, I would not have this problem. If this movie was made in 20 years, I wouldn't have this problem. But because it's happening right now and it's such a raw thing, and you know, like we were talking about on our podcast, like you like don't aggress people, don't don't rile people up. We need to like find we need to find points of unity because. Well, I'm we hoping that's what it will do. That. So I, I surely hope so. But that's that's kind of I don't why think I'm she'd so make a one, movie. you know, this one dimensional film about this type of topic she has to know how big of a topic this is especially right now so yeah i think it's not only important that she says very true that she stays very true to the history but also that she does bring in that element of like but we need to be together like we this isn't this not a this is not a movie to draw lines in the sand and to say like it's Mm -hmm. it's us against them or it's it's the police against the black community you know it's gonna be it's gonna be an intense movie i think it is. It's going to be a very intense movie, and a lot sits on their shoulders, and they just need to they need to realize the percussions, the repercussions of what what the movie could do. I just pictured people with drums, because <laughs> you said percussions. Yeah, the we percussions. have to think of the percussions. People, it's just like, like Birdman. <laughs> you just walk around the corner, and there's like someone on a drum kit. Yeah. Gosh, and this movie has percussions. Like explosions and fighting. He's like. Drumline Nick Cannon comes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, I love Drumline. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, what other movie news? Oh, I, our movie segment. Oh my god. I oh. About it. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we've been planning on this whole week. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. Good job, wow. Mathis. I know. Wow. Thank god I wrote it down. That oh, would have been praise terrible. Be. So John, explain your new your new movie segment idea that uh, <clears throat> that we're gonna start doing. Well, I just had this thought. Idea. It was my idea. Thank you. Um, I just had this <laughs> thought one day that we kind of. I always want to like include new segments. We don't even really have technically segments on our podcast, but I I like when podcasts have reoccurring segments. And I thought for yeah. us, since we're both movie buffs, Mathis is more traditional movie buff, and I'm more kind of. <laughs> new age modern like movie buff um that it would be f- <laughs> that it would be fun for us to watch one movie a week the same movie and then just talk about it and the hope was to get people um to give us suggestions um which we actually got quite a few suggestions this week we and did. yeah it was great um, so i thought it would be fun and hopefully people find it fun and this is definitely an invitation for people to continue like if yes. you didn't see if you our, didn't get our my Twitter. subtle hints Oh, yeah. <laughs> or our Twitter. <laughs> yeah, like um, anyone can email us or tweet us movies, and we will add them to our list. Yes, we we do have a list. Um, so the movie this week, I feel like I feel like we picked a really good first movie. I think so too, because it's uh. So we picked Rear Window, and neither of us have seen Rear Window, so it was a it was a list of shame movie for both of us. Do you know what the film buffs? the film buffs list of Seamus. I do not. So basically if it's like one of the most important movies ever made or like one of the masterpieces and you haven't seen it, it's on your list of shame. 
That's what I figured that list was going to be. Right, exactly. So if someone's like, I haven't seen The Godfather and they're a film buff, it's like, well, that's on your list of shame. That's on my list of shame. (laughs) Okay. We're not going to talk too much about it because you'll just keep saying it's on my list list of shame. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, But I mean, like you were saying, the the kind of problem, problem is a strong word, but you, you don't like a lot of old movies, which was another reason why Rear Window was a great choice because Rear Window was made in... 1954 and yep you you didn't watch the remake did you if you watch the remake i'm gonna slap you what was was it called rear window yeah i did not but can i just say i thought that the remake was johnny depp's secret window (laughs) (laughs) and so this whole time i thought it was going to be about this like guy in a cabin who like went crazy and heard voices um but it wasn't so don't worry i have not seen the remake no this was the first one i saw okay good so you didn't watch that movie from the 90s no. Okay. Whew. Um, um, but going back to me not watching old movies, I do struggle with watching any movie that like was made before 1990. And it's just a problem I have. I know hilarious. I have this problem, but it's really hard for me to watch it. And I think it's just because we've grown up in this time with a lot of good um, CGI and a lot of explosions and big budget that when you like look back, these movies didn't have that type of technology or the budget. And so it's just... I just have to condition myself, and I haven't done that. It's very fascinating to really go back and watch an older masterpiece like this that you haven't seen before. And I haven't seen any Alfred Hitchcock movies. Oh, so. this is so great. I'm sure that this people are going to send one. in a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock now. Like, okay, John needs to watch Vertigo. This North one? By Northwest. Psycho? You haven't seen Psycho? I have not seen Psycho, no. Oh, wow. When was it made, Mathis? <laughs> Ooh, 60... 70s? Yeah. 62. I know I'm wrong, but somewhere between the 60s. Mm. Um, that's funny because we went and saw the movie Hitchcock together. And oh, yeah, we did. You literally hadn't seen any movie that they were talking no. about making in that movie. But I knew who he was. <laughs> um, yeah, so one reason why I thought this would be a good pick was because you haven't seen a lot of older films and you do struggle with a lot of older films. Yep. But... I as well, like watching the movie, I was reminded of how far we've come because there's there's so many interesting things that people uh, used to want to see or people used to want to make. Like one thing that immediately jumped out to me in the first 10 minutes was the movie's not even trying to not be a movie. Like it's it's such a movie. You know what I mean? Like they show the, they show the apartment complex and like the skyline and you hear the dialogue and you're like, it's a movie. Like I'm watching a movie. And that's not like an insult per se, but very naturalistic and popular film didn't really emerge until like the late seventies. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was very different, but I didn't not like it. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. I enjoyed the, the practical stage that they made for it. Like the whole, I didn't realize the whole thing took place in like one spot. And, like, the camera just kind of panned out. and I didn't know that either. But I liked... So, pretty much, maybe we should talk about what it's about. There's this man. I don't remember what his name is. Um, We'll call him Jimmy Stewart, because that's who it is. (laughs) That's who it is. that's all we know. Um, He is a photographer who has broken his leg, and he's kind of just trying to entertain himself while he has this broken leg mending. Mm -hmm. And so, what he does is he watches all of his neighbors, because he kind of... His window looks out into, like, this courtyard of um, different apartments... And so he see you see a lot of different characters through their apartment windows. 
and pretty much what happens is this one man that um, Jimmy Stewart is watching um, has a wife and then all of a sudden the wife is gone and this guy is like leaving at all hours of the night with like knives and a briefcase and Jimmy Stewart has you just know, gets come up real with this. specific suspicious <laughs> it does and so he's like this man killed him and what I thought Jimmy Stewart did so well is like he seems like a guy who probably wouldn't have cared normally about this but because he's stuck in a wheelchair he's like has nothing else to do that obviously this is like the biggest thing to happen since he's gotten his cast on and so he's just gonna go all in which yeah. I think we can all relate to because like normally like if we have stuff to do we don't our eye doesn't catch these little things but he you could just tell he's so bored that he was getting his binoculars, his binoculars out and just like watching yeah, he was like, I have to solve this case. Like, I'm, yeah, I need like, to figure this out. This is my out. case. <laughs> I'm a detective. He he was so good in it. Like, his he character was, yeah. was so great. They were all I just, really I, good. They were. I just found his, like, performance Im- immediately magnetic. It's just the way that he acts in movies. That, like, whole nonchalant thing, but then, it, like... It's so relatable, too. Like, you don't even yeah. feel like you're, like, really w- watching an actor, which is great. It's what we talk about, like, with Tom Cruise and Matt Damon. Like, you don't want to, like, see the people themselves you want to see them as the character and i felt like he really did that honestly i feel like i always see jimmy stewart but that's not a bad thing oh okay but i'm glad that you i guess are. i haven't seen any other jimmy stewart movies so i this is the only one i You've have seen to... it's a wonderful life right oh i have it was <laughs> it was a long time ago okay so he was so in that one okay he's the lead in yeah it's a wonderful life interesting but he's also he's the lead in like three of hitchcock's best movies i did see that he was his muse of sorts he he is yeah totally it's funny that like it didn't matter how well you treated actors in older hollywood because like alfred hitchcock didn't treat actors well but they all they all worked on his films continuously so it's it's like it didn't matter that they were treated poorly they just knew that they were on some like gold you know what i mean right also, actors didn't really have a choice in their roles as much as they, they do were now. slaves. They, yeah. <laughs> they were acting slaves. I, I don't know if it was still held in the, the 50s, but a, only shortly before the 50s, like when actors signed on with studios, they signed on for like seven picture deals and they didn't get to pick those oh, wow. movies a lot. Yeah. It Ooh. would be like, you got to do these seven movies with us in your contract. And it was really hard to get out of the contracts. So I don't know if that was like, I don't think that was going on as much in 1954, but it's, it was just, it was a, it was a different time when actors really did not really uh, like they, they put up with the way that they were treated a lot because it was just the way that the business worked. So it's a pretty interesting. Um, that is very interesting. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that Jimmy Stewart loved Hitchcock and that's why he kept working with him. It was, it was more like a gig is a gig, but also I know that this movie is going to be great. You know? Yeah. He got lucky. Yeah, he did. He he's he's in a lot of good movies. But uh you know you were saying it was all took place in one location. I was thinking when I was watching it most of Hitch not most, but a lot of his hits take place in one location. Dial M for Murder mm-hmm. is about a murder that happens in this one apartment uh and you barely ever leave the apartment. Rope I he's think takes He's fascinated place. with murder. Did we just figure this out? Did he murder someone? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just liked telling chilling stories about blood and guts. Yeah. yeah. Because the way that he used to talk about movies was he was like, you know, it's this, like, it's this murder. And, you know, he just used to get so into it. You know, it's like, hmm. yeah, he might have killed somebody. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> one but, thing I uh, oh. Psycho takes place all in one place as well. Like clearly, I just need to watch more Hitchcock movies. And but before you say your thought, I something I I really thought was intriguing about it all taking place in this one apartment and looking out into the apartment was that it's it's a thriller, but it's a really subtle thriller. And Hitchcock, like watching that movie, it reminds you that the movie does not have to be intense to be intriguing. And you don't have to be super intense in one location to still be interested in this one location. Like everything is still very interesting, even though you're in the, you know, you're in this one location. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be like, and now the place is on fire and he has to put the fire <laughs> yeah. out. But uh, what were you going to say? Um I was, it was just a technical element of old movies that I've noticed. The ones that I have watched, they all have that like very heavy lighting, but not like obnoxious, but like the very heavy lighting on like faces and I actually really like it. And I was thinking like if a movie yeah. like that was made now, I think it would win a lot of awards, at least like in regards to like how he set this whole scene up. Like mm-hmm. I think because we don't get a lot of movies where it is in that one spot. And I think that like if a movie and they're always it's, intensity. it's like retro, it's like retro now. So like if mm. something was made like that now, I think it would get a lot of recognition. Um, so I don't know. But I actually, I actually really liked it. It took me a few like viewings to get through it. I wanted to take it slow. How many sittings did you watch it in? Three. Okay. Also, something interesting about Jimmy Stewart's character, which comes back to the whole superhero complex, is he's he's wounded the whole movie. And there are not heroes anymore who are wounded the whole movie. So it's really, right. it's really interesting to watch the whole time because he's, that's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah, he's coming from a place of like serious limitations, and a, a hero in limitations is you know the more limitations the better because like you were saying, he's very relatable. Totally relatable. Just call me Jimmy. Just call me Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart is so cool. Like the he he's is cool. Such a, he was a cool guy. I looked uh, up to see if any of them camera. were still alive. They're not. <laughs> Isn't that, that crazy? Was like, that was like one of the first things I did. I was like, ooh, I wonder if... No, they're dead. <laughs> Are they still making movies? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. One one last thing that I did want to say was that... Yeah, I thought it. it's so interesting like how uh, sexy the movie is. Did you get that vibe? Like the whole thing is just really, really love-soaked. Yeah. And I thought that, like, that's just a Hitchcock thing, though. Like, very sexual, very romantic, very lovey. Not in a sexual way that we think of now, but right, which is, which I think if you weren't if you weren't paying attention, you would miss it. You know what I mean? Yeah, cause because even Jimmy Stewart was like, "I only have one bed here." It's like you can't stay over. There's only one bed. To his girlfriend. Yeah, but but he's he's bantering, so that's a little. Yeah, but if you notice inside the um, one of the apartments, there were two beds. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. The one the... where the, he killed his wife? Two beds. Oh, really? Was there two beds in that apartment? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, so going along with, with the sexy vibe of it, it's all, it's like a, such an intimate movie. You know, like you're looking into these people's lives or like when yes. Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart are kissing, the camera is like so close and it's such a – Every moment it happens, it's so soft and it's so quiet. passionate. Yeah, yeah, there's just so much like passion, and then yeah, you get moments like the the near sexual assault moment in the movie, 
And it's mm-hmm. sort of like you, you get both ends of like that, that passionate coin, you know, where it's like sometimes wow, love yeah. goes wrong. And then, um, you know, like there's the the suspicious man throughout the whole movie. It's a problem in a marriage, you know, like love going wrong. So it's the whole movie is just so soaked in this like both ends of romance thing. And it just makes it juicy, you know, when you're watching the movie, you're like, this is just really so juicy, really juicy. Yeah. Yeah. But. I, I appreciate that a lot about his works. He's having fun when he's making movies. Like he hated being on set. Like he hated filming movies. <laughs> really? But, but like he loved piecing together a movie. Like he loved writing a movie and like just putting the whole thing together at the end. And he makes really fun movies. But yeah, I'm I'm glad we watched it. I'm sure other list of shame movies are gonna end up coming up. But there's there's our first one down. Next week we're talking about Avalon, which is another movie that neither of us have seen. I got Brooklyn vibes when I read the premise, you know, about Ooh. cultures meeting together and immigrants yes. coming to America and starting new lives. So I'm very Groovy. interested to see what it's like. Plus, uh, you're going to watch another older film. I know. It was in the 90s, I think. Early 90s. Oh, I'm proud of you. Here we Thank go. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> That's what they say, Kelly Clarkson. Is that uh, her song? Uh yes. Thank you. Okay, good. Thank you. Right. Thank me. That was really good. Wow. Encore. Encore. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. So remember last week, our spiritual topic last week was about God as a projection. And one moment in that conversation, I I said, like, this makes me uncomfortable. Like this it's really scary to think that we're all thinking about God in a different way. Like it's really comforting yeah. and it's really uh, reassuring and on one level, but on another level, it's just like, uh, what is, what is ultimate truth, you know? And right. it's just really shaken up a little bit after our episode about that. Not in a bad way. Like, obviously it's good to be shaken up. We talk about that all the time on hello and to do. I started thinking about it more throughout my week and I, actually felt some weird sense of peace as I was thinking about like all of the things that God meant to me and all the ways that I see God. And, and I was like, and that's not even it. You know what I mean? Like, this is just one thing that God is like, yeah. One thing I was actually thinking about very recently after I came into that piece was that it's a lot like art, you know, like you don't have to fully understand art. You can, you can just be like, well, I don't know exactly what the artist meant, but that element says this to me, and I I love that. Like, it speaks to my soul, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't have to understand the whole picture, and I don't even, you know, I don't I don't have to worry that I don't, I don't understand the whole picture. I feel like God is, is revealing himself to me in a way that that is, like, empowering, you know? Like it's, it helps me. And in a way that you can understand. Exactly. And how you might understand it. I might not understand it the same way. So, you know, it's good that you have your own type of, I don't want to say own type of God, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Honestly, that's how religions start because it is like, this is a way, this is a way that all of us can understand God. So it totally, it makes sense. It's just the, the important part of last week's discussion was there there's always more to god 
than than we think there is and mm-hmm. it's just you know it's it's totally just a, a very human thing to be like we've reached the end of that right and check yeah like okay found god perfect right well and i like what you said like um it kind of goes back to what we were talking about as well that you can always learn more from other people so like yes you know yeah. you 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 see god this one way but that's just one little part of this overall picture like you were saying with the artist you just kind of see that top corner of the painting but really there's this whole other part of the painting that we can yeah. get from other people to kind of finish out this portrait that is god if you want to say yeah yeah totally and r- remember um i i talked about it i think on the easter episode but i was saying how i how i view the trinity and when i started thinking about the the holy spirit as a mother it like it it changed a lot of my perceptions and that's like a a recent thing like this year recent where the moment that i was like well god isn't only a a father god is a a mother so what is what is a mother like in my mind and then you know like he he gets all these other attributes to him uh and it's like yeah god's like that too you know (laughs) it's 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 bigger and it's it always i mean there's always something to be explored there and i just wanted to um just wanted to come back this week with further introspection and yeah that's great i think it's always good if we can bring it back kind of the next week and yeah having churned it over a bit more totally. especially that one because we were both kind of like oh we don't really know how we feel about this yeah and um, and you brought up the topic so i was coming in a little bit like right you know like so i had no submerged excuse. in it <laughs> that's not what i said <laughs> but you are correct yeah i know <laughs> But yeah, so so coming out of it, I was like, I need to think about this, you know. So it yeah. was a very, but it didn't it didn't become more alarming. It became more. It became more exciting and more, I don't know. It became more magical, you could say, like as a human, the way like this is just the way that we we get through everything. I shouldn't even right. say get through because it's not like a, a bad thing, you know. It's no, not like, yeah. I gotta get through it. It's like it's the way that we discover and and make sense and yeah it's a process yeah yeah totally it was a it was a really good conversation like i mean most of our conversations are good but the the really great thing is whenever it really um it shifts after we have our episode you know something in me shifts a little bit like finding peace in a projection is yeah you know finding peace in the idea of projection is is a shifting you know totally i just wanted to check in before we uh wrap the episode up yeah thanks for sharing yeah you are welcome you are welcome delicate (laughs) grace kelly (laughs) great oh that makes that just brings it all around for me (laughs) because i didn't know who grace kelly was because Grace uh, Kelly's in Rear Window, anyways. Yeah, this Grace is such Kelly. an inside joke, guys. <laughs> I think enough inside. people have seen the "Can I Have Your Number." That it's a Mad TV skit. If you guys haven't seen it, go on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, who are you? Well, you... I don't know, but if you haven't, just go to YouTube. Say, "Can I Have Your Number?" Mad TV, and there's this beautiful skit. It's, but he it's says Grace beautiful. Kelly, and I didn't know who Grace Kelly was. And oh, she was like in Grace Rear Window. Kelly. You like Grace, Grace Kelly? Kelly. 
She You like Mike and X? <laughs> Side note, she's amazing in Rear Window. Just, yeah, she is. I'm gonna throw that out there before we wrap the episode up. She's Thanks en- for throwing that out there. She's You're right. enchanting. She is. She is enchantress. Whoa. Suicide Squad. Go yeah. see it if you want. It's fun. Or if you want to see a good ensemble movie, go see Don't Think Twice. Or but, Don't you know, Think Twice. Don't think twice about it. <laughs> think twice about Suicide Squad. Matt this hasn't seen it, so you don't, don't listen to him. I'm just telling you to think twice. But you like can't think did. twice because, you know, it's like, eh. My, my second thinker was what told me not to go. That's all I'm going to okay. say. We need to wrap this up. <laughs> you could take John's opinion or you could take my opinion. Or you can do both. Go see both movies. <gasps> Support cinema. This was a great episode. We're it actually was, wrapping it, it up this time. Yeah, wrap that up. <laughs> Christmas present. Follow us on Twitter at hello and do, and you can email us. Uh, definitely email us if you have any movie suggestions you want us to watch. Uh, yeah. But also any kind of topic that you want us to talk about, you can email us at hello and do at gmail.com. That's H E L L O A N D A D I E U A D I E U. I keep slurring right. that. That's okay. Yeah, I, w- I was right. I just don't want to, I don't want to create like seven sounds into one. That's not good. <laughs> Um, and then you can um, rate, subscribe. What's the other That's thing? That's about it. Review. Yeah. yeah. Review us on iTunes and it'll help other people find the podcast. Thank you yeah. uh, so much for listening, guys. I do to oh, We haven't done that in a while. I do to you, Mathis. I feel and like we haven't done that. Oh. We haven't, have we? Uh, I don't okay, I do. It's at least been a week. <laughs> That's true. I do to you. <laughs>